morning, church. Hey, happy Labor Day. Well, kind of. It's tomorrow, but that's all right. Uh, if this is your first time at Edinburgh, I just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, my name is Tyler. I'm the Director of Student Ministries. Uh, and if you're watching online, I just want to say welcome. We're glad you're here. And uh, just if you're sitting out there, maybe you've never come to church. Uh, you've kind of checked us out online or whatever. Uh, I want to encourage you, like, we're, we're not that scary. Like, come join us. Right? Like, yeah, okay, we're here. Like, together. Okay, all right. All right, sweet. Uh, will you guys pray with me as we just get ready to dive into God's Word? Uh, God... Man, I'm ready for what you have. And God, let it be what you have. God, may it be your words uh, that are spoken here. May we just be encouraged. May we walk out challenged. Uh, May we walk out uh, just in a deeper uh, knowledge of you. God, I pray that these words would not be mine, but they would be yours. Because yours are always, always, always better. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we're wrapping up a series called The Brand New You. Uh, And we've been uh, walking through Romans 6, 7, and 8, uh, and we're coming to the end. Uh, I was giving uh, Brent a hard time as we were um, uh, talking about the series, because the last two series, uh, I have have closed out the series, and so I don't know what that exactly means, but uh, I have enjoyed uh, as we've we've gotten a chance to come up here uh, and just just share from my heart. And so uh, we've been exploring this idea that becoming, uh, we become new when we come into a relationship with Jesus. So we come into a relationship with Jesus and we become new. And yet, even in that time and even in those moments, there are times where we struggle. So why is it that we struggle? If we are new, if we are made new in Christ, then why are we struggling? And we see throughout the Bible, as we read the Bible, we see God take, take ordinary lives and turn them extraordinary. And we see God working in the lives of people. And, and I don't know about you, as I, as I read through the Bible, I just, I read through and I, I see these unbelievable stories of victory. And if you're familiar with the Bible, uh, or, or if you're not, that's, that's fine too. But we see these stories in the Bible, like David and Goliath, where this small young man or boy goes out and he faces a giant, this nine foot tall man, and ends up, because of God, defeats him and leads the Israelite army into victory. Or stories of Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho, uh, and, and as they, they scream and as they pray, the walls come tumbling down. Or Moses walks up to the Red Sea, and God says, put your staff in the sea, and he goes and he puts the staff in the sea, and the sea splits. And we read about these unbelievable victories throughout the Bible, these victories, these stories, and I'm just, I look at it, and I'm just like, man, okay, when I see these stories, I'm just kind of like, oh, like, I can't even deal with, like, I'm, I'm working on self-control, and I went to the state fair yesterday, so you know how well that went. <laughs> and we see these stories of David defeating giants, and we see these stories of Joshua and the walls of Jericho and the Moses and the Red Sea. And if you're like me, I don't know, maybe you are like me, and you're looking at it, but you're like, okay, I read passages in the Bible that are like, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, maybe you can relate, but a lot of times I feel like just more like a loser. Anybody? Anybody? Or is it just me? Like I read stories in the Bible. I'm walking and I'm trying to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And yet there are times where I'm just like, why am I such a loser? Why can't I figure it out? Why why do I struggle? I'm supposed to be like, like more than a conqueror. And I wrestle with those passages. Because I yell at my kids. I get behind stuff at work. I don't treat my wife the way that I should. And let's not talk about fill in the blank, whatever that might be for you, whatever it is for me. Why? Why does the Bible have to say things like we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus? 
Because I don't always feel that. If I'm totally honest, a lot of times I don't feel that. So what does that mean? Okay, this is a trigger warning. Just got to warn you that this might uh, uh, give some of us a little bit of uh, stuff. But if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. If you're a Minnesota fan in general, I think, like football season's here, like next week, right? We're, we're, we're kicking off. Anybody excited? No? Okay. Yeah, that's, we, it's because we're realistic, right? Okay, like Minnesota Vikings, there's this hope and there's this expectation and we're like, like it's a new season, right? And sometimes we're like, we're like, oh man, we're so excited. It feels like every year we have this hope, we have this expectation, and then four Super Bowl losses. The Drew Pearson push-off. The Herschel Walker trade. Gary Anderson wide left. That one still hurts a little bit. Brett Favre's interception across the body. Not across the body. Blair Walsh is wide left or right or maybe both. I don't remember. I don't know. But then we have the Minneapolis miracle, right? But then we went to Philly the next week. So, and we get these ideas. Is no matter how many, no matter how many, there's this narrative as a, as a Vikings fan. There's a narrative that, that we just, we lose, Okay. No matter how many wins were projected at the beginning of the season, no matter how many, who our starting quarterback is, no matter what, we most likely will find a way to screw it up. It's just true. Just, well, okay, you mean, history repeats itself. Now, of course, I'm poking fun at us as Minnesota Vikings fans. And Adam Thielen, if you're watching, man, you're my boy. Let's hang out, okay? Like, like I'm poking fun. But, but the reality is, is there's this, these narratives, these negative narratives. And all kidding aside, how often do we as Christians run to this narrative of that I'm just this nasty, rotten, no good loser? And I'm like, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never be able to change. I'll always struggle with this. I'll always be this, this way. I'm always this way. And we just have this negative, defeated narrative in our minds. And sometimes we even look at it and go, wow, they're just really in tune with their depravity and their sin. But we have this negative mindset. And here's the problem with that. Is the problem is that we're not called to be in that mindset. We're not called. That's our pre-Jesus mindset. God wants us to actually move from this narrative of the negative into the narrative of the gospel. He wants us to move from this negative, I, this, this woe, like I'm just this awful, nasty, rotten person, into the, not, not I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, but into this idea of the narrative of the gospel. We need to begin to see our lives through the lens of the gospel. Amen? Because that's where we find victory. When we, when we say, you know what, I, I'm going to look through the lens of the gospel. Now I know what you might, some of you might be sitting, sitting here thinking, okay? Like, okay, here he goes again with the gospel. Here he goes again with the gospel. It's another evangelistic message. I don't have to listen because I'm already a Christian, okay? But I am telling you, I'm telling you, please hear my heart in this. There is no deeper teaching in all of Scripture than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There isn't. There is no deeper teaching in all of Scripture than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I've said this before and I will say it till the day that I die. The gospel does not just save you, it sustains you. Let me say that again for people in the back. It does not just save you, but it sustains you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most life-altering, life-changing thing that we could ever know. And the more intimately aware of the gospel in my life that I am, the more my life is different. Do you want to go deeper? Become intimately aware of the gospel in your life. Listen to me, okay? I could talk about pneumatology. I could talk about eschatology, amillennialism, premillennialism. I could throw out all of these terms and you could be like, wow, he's so smart. It means nothing compared to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ is the deepest, most, po- most, most life-altering truth and message in our Bibles. And so you want to go deeper in your faith. Allow the magnitude of the gospel to wreck you. Is anybody with me? We're talking about the most life-altering, life-changing thing that you can possibly experience is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we allow that to change us, we allow that to wreck us, and then once we're wrecked, we get back up and we go, thank you, Jesus, now I'm going to go wreck some more people. Like in a biblical way, not like, like get you arrested way. Right? It's the gospel. It's the hope that we have in the gospel, how Jesus changes us, that regardless of what happens to us, we are already on the winning team, even us Vikings fans. We're on the winning team. That's what the gospel brings us. That's what the gospel preaches to us daily. I don't care if you've been a Christian for two minutes or a Christian for your entire life. The gospel every day, drawing us into an intimate, deeper relationship with Jesus, is done only through knowledge and intimate awareness of the gospel. So if you take anything out of this, if you take anything, you want deeper, know the gospel. You want deeper, think about the gospel. You want deeper, allow it to wreck your life. This is the hope that we have. This is what Romans 8 talks about. If you have your Bibles, open up to Romans 8. We're going to start in 31. This is, what, this is what Paul is talking about, this hope that we have in the gospel, that no matter what, no matter what happens to us, we have hope in the gospel. He says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he give us everything else we need? Who dare accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us the right standing with himself. Who can accuse us? Who can come at us? No one. Because God has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Do you hear that? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God going, they're mine. Who could ever be against us? Do you see where this conqueror feeling is coming from? We're, we're, we're conquerors through Christ Jesus because he's sitting there pleading for us. Can, anyone, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Verse 37, no. No matter what happens to us. Despite all of these things, it's not saying bad things won't happen to us. What it's saying is, no, even though bad things happen to us, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who loved us. No, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who loves you. Where do we come with hope? Where do we walk in? Where do we step into a confident hope that we can have, that we, we, can, we can step in and be like, we are more than conquerors? Where do we find that? It's through Christ and through his love. And so we can boldly step into what God has for us. But okay, but I don't feel like more than a conqueror. 
Maybe you feel stuck in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe there is a sin that is holding you back from living out your faith. Maybe you just really need to kick in the shorts here this morning. And I don't know, that's the Holy Spirit's job, so I'm going to let him do that. But with the rest of our time, here's what I want to do. I want to I talk about how do we achieve this narrative? How do, we, how do we come into a place where we can walk we can walk as more than conquerors? Or as it says in, in my version, overwhelming victory. And, and when it talks about overwhelming victory, it's not like, it's not like, a, like hey, you just squeaked one out. But it's like utter victory. Like there was not even a chance. It's like a basketball game, 146 to 2. No, forget 2, 146 to 0. That's the overwhelming victory that we're talking about. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. That's what we have. And so I want to talk about what, what that is and how do, we, how do we achieve that. And I believe that it's so simple and yet it's unbelievably difficult because many will never find it because they are unwilling to do what it takes to achieve that. And here's what it is. Surrender. Some of you are cringing at the word itself. Surrender. Surrender. If we want to be more than conquerors, if we want to have overwhelming victory if we want to be more than conquerors we achieve that through surrender now you might be sitting here in the english language you're going hey wait a second that's an oxymoron but in god's kingdom in god's economy in god's holy dichotomy whatever you want to call it the way that god works is that is the bread and butter we find life we find purpose we find victory when we give up and we say i can't do it anymore I can't do it anymore. So I want to give you five things. Five things if you take notes. Uh, the, the, we are more than conquerors through surrender. That's my, kind of my thesis. And so if you take anything, please take that. But I want to give you five ways that surrender brings us into a life where we achieve this narrative of we are more than conquerors. And the first one is this. We need to surrender to Christ. We need to surrender to Christ. If we don't surrender our lives to Christ, if we don't make him Lord of our life, then all the rest of these points and all the rest of what I'm talking to you about does you no good. It's when we say, God, you need to be the Lord of my life. You need to be in charge of my life. I want to place you on the throne of my life. See, here's the problem that we hold back a lot of times. is every, there's, a, there's a human desire that we have. Each one of us, every single one of you. Look at the person next to you and say, you got it. No, no, like do it. Like Actually, you got it. And here's this desire, is that ultimately, deep down at the innermost of your sinful desire, is you are going to do whatever it takes to help you. And so, if that is our desire before Jesus, we need to surrender that and say, you know what, it's not about me anymore. I'm going to remove myself from the throne of God, or the throne of God of my life. I'm going to remove myself, and I'm going to say, Jesus, you take the seat. That's surrender to Christ. Say, God, it's you. I'm going to surrender my life to you because I want you to be in charge. Because we have this sin problem that our desires always win out. But when God calls us, Jesus calls us to put his, our faith in him and surrender and put him first. That's a very difficult thing. Because I'm a control freak. I'm selfish. I think to myself, if I don't take care of myself, who's going to take care of me? And so the idea of removing ourselves off of our own throne and putting Jesus there is really difficult. But we cannot surrender to anything before surrendering ourselves to Christ for salvation. And some of you maybe haven't surrendered your life to Christ for salvation. To say, God, I'm going to take myself off the throne and I'm going to put you in charge. And I'm telling you, it's difficult. 
It's the hardest decision that you'll ever make, but it's the best decision that you'll ever make. So we need to surrender our lives to Christ. Say, God, I'm taking myself off the throne and I'm putting you on. You are my captain now. And then it goes on and says, we need to, uh, we need to surrender my will. I need to surrender my will. Now, I use the word will, uh, but I really could replace it with things like my agenda, my desires, my wants, my how I think things should be done, when I think they should be done, without any questions of why I think they should be done that way. And if anyone questions me, I have the right to become upset and maybe even give them the stink eye or maybe slash their tires. <laughs> we'll stick with will, all right? We need to surrender our will to God. So surrender our will. Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray, and he uses this phrase in Matthew 6. Matthew 6.10, it says, May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, when we surrender to Christ, we are surrendering our will to God's will. We are saying, okay, God, we're not going to do things my way. We're going to do things your way. Because your way is better. And so I want to surrender my will to your will. The psalmist says it this way. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. It says, teach me your way. And yet all too often, so often, and in my life especially, we, get, we go and we become followers of Jesus and we'd rather say, Jesus, this is what I'm doing. Come with me. Right? Even people who have said, okay, I've surrendered my life to Christ. I want Jesus to be in charge. And then we say, Jesus, we're going this way. Come with. Do, do your thing in what I want. Anybody ever deal with that? And then all of a sudden we get mad at God and we're like, God, you didn't do what I said. And we're like, and he's probably going, that's because you weren't doing it my way. We need to surrender our will to God because he sees things in 4D when we just see things in even 3D. He sees things so much clearer than we do. And we can trust him and we can surrender to him. Jesus says, no. I want you to follow me. If we want to be more than conquerors, we need to surrender to Christ. We need to surrender our will. And then we need to surrender our mind. Okay, cool, but how do we surrender to God's will? How can we know what God's will is? Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way that you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If we want to live in victory, if we want to be more than conquerors as a new person, we need to surrender how we think. We need to be careful of what we allow into our minds. Because our minds are very powerful things. God knew what he was doing when he created your mind. And so we need to be careful of the way that we think, the things that come into our mind. We need to surrender that to Christ. And that means focus on the things of Christ. That might mean less Netflix and more reading the Bible. That might mean less sports and more devotionals. That may mean surrender our minds so that we can learn God's will. I have a mantra in my, my own life that I, I didn't probably come up with. I probably stole it from somewhere because it's what you do. You just hear something, you're like, oh, that's good. 
So you can steal this too. But there's a mantra in my mind as I think about the idea of, of taking the thoughts captive in my mind. Uh, and some of you maybe have heard my story. If you haven't heard my story, I uh, grew up in a Christian home. It was a great home. But I was addicted to pornography at a young age to the point where every single day I was running back to pornography to try and find satisfaction, to f- try to find joy, to tr- try to find peace in my life. And, and, and it never worked. It maybe worked for a little bit. And maybe some of you, I, I know some of you are sitting in this room and you're struggling with, with pornography. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find what you're looking for there. You're not going to find it. It's only in Christ. It's only in Christ. It's only going to lead you down a path that's going to hurt you. But there's a mantra that I, that I have, have, have adopted and have wrestled with and, and, and have tried to live out in my life when I think about the, the idea of pornography. And, and maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be pornography for you. It could be whatever thing that you're dealing with in your life. But the, the mantra is this, is that what goes into my eyes moves to my mind. Okay? That what I let in my eyes, and so I'm very careful. I, I work really, really hard to be careful of what goes into my eyes because it is a gateway into my life. And so what goes into my eyes goes and it affects my mind. And that which moves to my mind is what I think about. And what I think about infiltrates my heart and that which is in my heart manifests itself in my actions so that what I let in my eyes I dwell on and as I dwell on it and when you dwell on things it infiltrates our heart and as it infiltrates your heart it manifests itself out in actions and so if we want to be victorious we need to surrender our minds to the things of Christ to begin to think about it, to dwell on these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, dwell on these things. And if we want to know God's will and not our own will, we need to surrender our minds. He changes our minds. It says in Romans 12, how do we know God's will? By changing the way that we think. He transforms us into a new person by the way that we think. The fourth one, I need to surrender my actions. I need to surrender my actions. Maybe for you, the things your mind has been dwelling on have infiltrated your heart and have manifested into sinful and harmful actions. And I'm talking to you as Christians. Some of you, as Christians, you have allowed things to creep into your mind and it's begun to manifest itself out in sinful ways, whether it's pride, anger, greed, lust, jealousy, selfishness, whatever it is, the gospel narrative calls us to... to, to surrender our sins to Christ. To surrender our lives to Christ. To surrender to Christ. Why? Because he deals with our sin. Listen to this. Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Here's the thing. Sin Habitual sin that we continually run back to oftentimes leaves us feeling like losers. Feeling like we have, we've let God down, that we've disappointed God, that we're just like, oh man, like, I, I, can't, I, don't wanna, I don't feel like a, a conqueror through Christ. I feel like a loser. And habitual sin constantly brings us back to that. And I, I want to just encourage some of you if, you, if you're dealing with this, or you're wrestling with this, because Satan loves to take and he loves to twist things in our minds to try and get us to feel condemnation. But oftentimes um, uh, we get this idea that when we come to Christ, that immediately all just the consequences here on this earth of our sin are gone. 
And sometimes we confuse the consequences of our sin with the condemnation of our sin. Let me say that again. Sometimes we confuse the consequences of our sin with the condemnation of our sin. And the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, there are consequences that you still might be dealing with living here on this earth because of sin. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's hurt people. Maybe you lied to someone and it's come back to bite you. And we deal with the consequences. But if we are in Christ Jesus, it says there is no condemnation. That the power, the life-giving power of God has come in and it has freed us. The definition, if you come in here and you say, you know what, I'm just, this, I'm just a sinner, I deal with this. It's like, no, no, no. Do you know that the Bible, when it talks about you, when it talks about me, those of us that are in Christ Jesus, it doesn't use the word sinner. It uses the word saint. It uses the word forgiven. It uses the word redeemed. It's this narrative of the gospel. I once was lost, but now I am found. And so let's live as found people. Don't confuse the consequences of your sin with the condemnation of your sin because Satan wants you to feel guilty. He wants you to feel shame. Jesus wants you to have freedom. He looks at you and he says, you are forgiven. And yet we run back to our habitual sin because we think that's just who we are. Stop running back to that. And step forward in the freedom that God has for you. Surrender those actions. It's be, it is because of this. When we surrender our actions to Jesus, he gives us life. And we can walk around like more than conquerors. Okay, so now you're, here's what you're saying. Uh, is, is we need to surrender our lives to Jesus for salvation. We need to uh, surrender. I need to surrender my will and what I want. I need to surrender my mind and how I think. I need to surrender my actions and what I do. So you might be asking, what's left? What's left? That's the point. That is exactly the point. Jesus doesn't want just part of you. Let me say that again. Jesus doesn't want just part of you. He wants me to surrender my life. You might go, that's, that's a high cost. That's, that's peanuts compared to what we get. That's peanuts compared to what we get. You may sit here going, but, but he wants my life. Yes, Jesus wants all of you, not just the pieces that we give him on Sunday morning. He wants everything. He wants your entire life, and he wants to change you. He wants to change you. Galatians 2.20, it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body until I get to heaven. I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is the calling of Christians. That is the calling of if we want to walk in conquer, if we want to walk in victory, if we want to be conquerors through Christ Jesus, we have to have the mantra, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me because I have surrendered everything to Christ. But if I surrender everything, but if I surrender everything, what's left? What is left? What do I get? Matthew 16, 23 and 24 says this. Then Jesus says to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. And then 25, listen to this. If you have your Bibles open to this, 25, underline it. This needs to be like something you commit to memory. If you try to hang on to your life, you will Lose it. We are living in a world where there are people everywhere that are trying to hang on to their life. And they are losing. Amen? 
People everywhere are clinging to things because they think that that's where they're going to find satisfaction. People in our church, people in the church are clinging to things, their old life, thinking that they're going to be able to find what they need and they're never going to find it. Because Jesus said, if you try to hold on to your life, you will lose it. Come on, church. Come on. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. We have victory. We are more than conquerors through surrender. Surrender to Jesus Christ. We will find life and life eternal that is only found in Jesus. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a decision every single day. Am I going to do these things my own way? Or am I going to surrender to God's way? Because church, I want you to hear this truth. I'm going to invite Josiah, my friend Josiah. Come on up here, Josiah. As we think about this, we cannot grab onto what God has for us if we are too busy clinging on to our own will, our own agenda, and our own life. We will never live a life of victory in Christ until we surrender. We're too busy holding on to the things of this life that weigh us down. Hold on to those. They're pretty heavy. They're not fake. They're not stage props. I have a gift. It's coffee because I love coffee. This is a good gift. God wants to give us life. God wants to give us freedom. He wants to give us victory. He wants us to walk as more than conquerors. And yet, we're perfectly content hanging on to the weights of this world. To hang on to our old life. And it makes it difficult for us to grab onto that new gift. Go ahead and go. You only one hand. What do you got? What do you got? Okay. Oh, you spilt it. Oh, you spilt it again. Wait, 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 wait. Here's what God is doing. He's saying, surrender your old ways. Put them down. Put them down. Surrender them. And accept this free gift. Thanks, Josiah. Go ahead and sit down. What's your block? What is it that you're unwilling to set down? What is it that you're unwilling to surrender? What is it that you you think, if I just cling to this, if I just hold on to this, then maybe I'll find what I'm looking for? When Jesus is saying, no, 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 victory comes through surrender. Maybe the block is you're just not willing to put Jesus in charge of your life. Maybe your block is your will. Going, man, if I give up my will, then how are things going to get done the way that I want them to get done? They won't, and they haven't worked for you, so give them up. Okay, how do, what, about, what about my mind? There are things, but I like thinking about these things. Or, or maybe your mind is just this, this, this defeatist, like, oh, woe is me, everything is going to be bad. And God's going, no, 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 that's, that's pre-Jesus mindset. We have a hope that even, even when things go bad, because things will go bad, but will you surrender your mind to me so that I can show you what my will is for you? And some of us, Some of us, it's that sin, that block, that you're going, I want to follow Jesus. I do, I do, I really do want to follow Jesus. And then we go and try to grab. You need to set down those blocks and take the free gift that God is giving us, life and freedom and victory through Christ Jesus. What are your cinder blocks? Maybe you're like me, and you're like, I don't, okay, like, like, but you don't know what I've done. I wrestled with that in my faith with Jesus. You don't know what I've done. 
And I want to finish up here with this passage. I want to to read this to you as an encouragement to you because it's talking about how God's love is sufficient. This is how Romans 8 finishes. This is some of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture. And it's talking about Christ's love and how it's sufficient. It says this, And I am convinced, there's that confident hope, that convincing that I am walking, I am stepping out into as a conqueror through Christ Jesus. It says, For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. I can boldly walk in confidence and walk as more than a conqueror. Why? Because my hope, my eternity, my salvation are held firmly in God's love. I have set down these blocks. And I've said, God, hold me. Those of us that are in Christ Jesus, if you are in Christ Jesus, nothing will ever separate you from the love of God because it's not contingent on you. You find victory. You become more than a conqueror when you surrender and say, God, it's got to be you. Jesus, it's got to be you. As you believe that, As you walk in that, my prayer is that you walk in victory. You see yourself as God sees you, as more than a conqueror, that you live as the brand new you. Let's pray. God, I pray that we would surrender to you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal to each one of us what those areas in our life, those cinder blocks in our life that are holding us back from surrendering to you. God, may you be forever glorified. May you be at the center. May we know that it is through Christ that we can have victory. So God, we want victory through you. May we surrender our lives to you, surrender our will, surrender our minds, our actions, and ultimately, God, our life to you so that we can truly live as more than conquerors. God, I pray that you'd bless every person as they go out, leave these walls, I pray that they would be intimately aware of the gospel in their life. God, we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Blessings on you guys and your Labor Day weekend. Uh, Love you. Take care.